What's good, you guys? This is Yokar Rack here, and now it's time to talk about Charleston. Wait. Is it Charlestown or Charleston? Hold up. Nah, we'll just go with Charleston. But any but anyway, what's good people? It's your correct. Um, we've got a very action-packed episode for you guys from this Tales from series, taking you from the history of Charleston, Charlestown, um, to the holy um, the holy city, if it's because it's four hundred churches, all the stuff you need to know about Charleston, South Carolina, in one episode. Yes, I'm not doing a part two. I'm sorry, Charleston residents. I know you wanted me to do a part two. I'm not going to do a flipping part two. Don't ask me to do a part two. It's not coming. Um, this, this podcast is rated PG. Okay, no, we're just talking random stuff right now. Anyway, here we go. Let's get started. Now, for those who are unaware about Charleston, Charleston is very, very, very old. Um... It was founded in 1670 as Charlestown, honoring King Charles II. Why do we care about this guy? I mean, gosh. Um, the, the British Army, no offense to Britain, because they're, because they're quite nice, but the people in the 1700s from Britain, you know what? They got beat with by farmers with, by farmers with pitchforks. I'm sorry, I had to say it. But, hey, the British Army in 1780s, got beat by farmers with pitchforks. I think it's safe to say that King Charles II will be rolling over his grave right now. So we're not even going to talk about why it's um, Founders Charlestown. So every time we see the word Charlestown, we're calling it Charleston. I don't care. I don't care what anybody tells me. We're going to call it Charleston. And so um, it was relocated in 1680 to its present site, which became the fifth largest city in North America within 10 years. And it remained unincorporated throughout the colonial pyramid, and its government was handled directly by colonial legislature and a government governor sent by parliament. Election districts were organized according to Anglic Anglican parishes. And for those that are not sure what an Anglican is, it's the Church of England. Now, the Church of England is the official church of England back then. Now, right now, they don't have an official religion, as like most countries that are westernized don't have an official religion. But that, um, but that doesn't mean that the um, Anglican Church at the time was about its problems. Um, every church has its own problems, um, problems in some form, whether you know it or not. Um, the population growth of the interior of South Carolina influenced the removal of the state government to Columbia in 1788. Now that's um, that's interesting because Charleston. Um, remained the capital until 1788. Now, um, if you go to our sister, if you go to the sister um, state, my home state of North Carolina, New Bern remained the capital of North Carolina until until not too long after after that. As a matter of fact, it was in the 1790s when Raleigh became the state capital. I don't think it was. I don't even think it was more than seven years apart. So. Um, or maybe maybe ten years. No, it might be seven or nine years apart. But it's still they happened in the 1790s when our capital got changed. So their so their capital actually is not that much older than ours. Um, but it still goes to remain that it was the tenth largest. Well, one of the ten largest cities through the 19, 1840 census. I gotta learn how to talk for crying out loud. 
Now, it's it's a very unfortunate history because unfortunately, it's a slave. It was a slave trading port. Now, why in the world would they want slaves? Because they wanted free labor. Um, they want they wanted to take people like me from Africa, even though I'm not from Africa, but my ancestors were. They wanted to take people like me, my, like me from Africa at the time and trade them as slaves so that they could get money and free labor. That's the unfortunate truth. Now, slave traders like Joseph Ragg were the first to break through the monopoly of the Royal African Company. And um, almost ha one half of the slaves imported to the United States arrived in Charleston. Now, that's, now that's, um, that's obviously bad that they were transporting slaves in the first place. And now, years later, centuries later, in 2018, the city, of for the city formally apologized to the African-American citizens of the city and the state after CNN noted that slavery riddles the history of Charleston, which is actually um, why South Carolina and a lot of southern states got made it illegal to fly the Confederate flag on any vehicle or any license plate. So that um so that's so that's why um a lot of that stuff was um changed. That's very that's very interesting. Now, now we have we actually have um we actually have four eras. Well, not four. We already covered. We already covered. Yeah, four. We already covered the colonial area. We actually have four eras to go through. Now the revolution. This is my this is my favorite 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 subject. You want to know why? The Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot, the Mel Gibson movie. You want to know why the Mel Gibson movie is my favorite? Because it's based off one of my favorite revolutionary hero heroes, Francis Marion, the Swamp Fox. Now, nobody knows who that is. I know I know who it is. It's literally, it's, he's, he's notorious for leading a group of rebels from, or rebels or revolutionaries um, in the South. He's very famous for his guerrilla tactics, as we saw in the movie and as we saw in history. Um, both fact and fiction depicted this. He always he was always on the tails of the British, hitting them with guerrilla warfare from the forests and from the bushes. Now, this is actually very common for revolutionaries back then, as a lot of them would a lot of them instead of meeting the British head on, they would use guerrilla warfare. And, and small hit-and-attack raids until they were able to get a larger army and beat them all together. As a matter of fact, in the final scene of the movie itself, they actually depict what um, actually depict the South and the North meeting up. Well, this is exactly what happened. Um, the movie, is, movie may be fiction, but some of the stuff that they depicted is actually historically accurate. Um... The type of guns that they used were historically accurate. Like they had, like they actually, like smooth smooth bore and small bore were common. The type of tactics that they used were accurate too, and the events that happened. Most of the events that happened, um, the major battles, most of those were more accurate. Now there were a handful that were not accurate. They were thrown in there as like a revenge story type thing. But there are a lot of them that were actually accurate, including the Yorktown battle at the end. So that so that's what that's why I I threw that in there. And just for and just so you guys are aware, um, 
Battle of Sullivan's Island, they, um, the British failed to capture a partially constructed Palmetto Palisade from Colonel Moultrie's Militia Regiment. And so the Liberty flag used by Moultrie's men formed the basis of the later South Carolina flag. The victory's anniversary is continues to be commemorated as Carolina Day, and that's because they won that big victory in, in the Carolinas, and so and all those big victories in the Carolinas, which is where most of the Southern fighting took place, because because Georgia was Georgia was a, was more of a prison colony um, at the time still. But once once they did all that fighting, they got what they wanted. They got freedom. Well, almost everyone. For the African Americans, they most of them, some of them did get freedom papers that they were allowed to have because they fought alongside them and won. And then later on, with racism and prejudice, they either cheated them out of them, or they snatched them and ripped them, or they took them away. So they so they event they they gave some of them freedom and then they took it right back and put them right back into slavery. So they were so they were so the most of so the North the North wasn't as bad for this. They were they the North had probably changed most of them anyway. As a matter of fact, many many of the people that African Americans ran into up north, most of them, most of them, some of them were very nice and would not let them go back. Others would turn them back for profit. So it was all about who you ran into up north. And I guess because most of them, there were slave catchers that went into Canada, and because Canada was very poor at the time about protecting its borders, a lot of them that got snatched from Canada, they actually went back. Um, because they were, because Canada had a poor military, they were not equipped to protect them like France could, like France and Britain could protect them from getting snatched and taken overseas. So when they went to Canada, they had to go far into Canada and some of the, and sometimes, sometimes even battle their way out of it because there were slave catchers that still went into Canada. So, um... Canada was not immune either, but they but they were they were able to most people if they could make it to some cities in Canada, most Canadians would would most would most likely offer them offer them some sense of protection because of the fact that they were able to um, get across the border and find and find a place where they they would not be allowed jurisdiction to turn them over or because they're not under US law so they could not do that but they would there're some that did get snatched so yeah now the civil war oh my god this is actually very interesting um because um South Carolina was the first to leave and um, South and so South Carolina, um, for the next five years, four to five years, would actually um, battle with the Union for control of the of that state and most of the South. So they were very very um, treasonous at the time. And yeah. Now, actually, um, I'm not I'm not re- not really sure if 
to Cubs that Schremer went through Charleston, but I know he went through Georgia. Now, now, ac oh yeah, okay, so actually, um, the advance of General um, William T. Sherman's um, army through the state prompted the Confederates to evacu evacuate um, Char the Charleston area. And yeah, they did occupy it within within a month. But the thing, but the thing you have to understand about Tecumseh Sherman's um, march is even while they were in support of the Union, some of the stuff that Tecumseh Sherman's men did to women and children, some of them were actually tortured. And so you have to look at it from both sides. While he was on the side of freedom, yes, that's a good thing. His men, and sometimes even himself, they were very abusive and torturous to women and children. And so, and, um, and so, um, a lot, and so a lot, and so there's some debate as to whether he's really, truly good, or if there was some negativity, um, on his part that, um, that, that could have been scaled back. Because, you know, Yes, you could torture the men and the people who fought against the Union, but don't, but when it comes to the women and children and the people that maybe not supported their husbands, but the um, but um, but the pe but the people that were just living through it, that were that were not directly involved. You didn't. You, that, I mean, at the point where you're torturing the women and children. Even if they were Confederates, even if they may they may be bystanders, but you might might have to halt yourself, because at some point you have to decide: is torturing the prisoners of war enough? Um, and is and is and is um, or or do you or if you do torture the women and children, at what point do you go too far? Because some because I because I believe. That the that yes they could they should have they should arrest and they did arrest the Confederates and take them hostage as prisoners of war that that I that I support because they are treason, but torturing women and children and doing malicious things to them that that's that's just a tad bit too far. I mean that's a little bit too far because. That, that they didn't have to do that. That was that was a little excessive. But history is history. That's what they did. And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, matter of fact, if um if this makes any sense, they're dead now. So I don't know whether they did it, whether they didn't do it, whether they're in heaven or hell. I mean, it happened. So it's it's um historically it happened. So I mean, it, um they they um they lived it. So. I don't even think they were ever really. I don't even think the men and anything like that were ever prosecuted for it. So, because because of the tension at the time. So, but yeah, I I support I support the idea of freedom. But what I don't support is when um what I don't support is when reunifying a, a particular area means that you have to torture women and children. That just goes a little. This goes too far. I don't support that part of it. Um, but yeah. Now we have to look at the demographics. Actually, again, South Carolina, again, um, in the 2010 census, 
The racial makeup of Charleston was 70% white and 25.4% African American. And then the rest were the rest were other minorities, like Asians, mixed, and Hispanic or Latino. And so, and so while Charleston has a large African American population, Charleston's still majority white. As with like the Myrtle Beach episode we did, we did talk about how Myrtle Beach permanent residents are majority white, and the visitors and the visitors and tourists are. Um, are more diverse than the permanent residents themselves. So um, that's that's something we talked about talked about in the second episode. So yeah. Um, anyway, there's a lot of sports, um, professional, minor league, and amateur sports teams. Um, there's a professional soccer team. They play in the USL Championship at Patriots Point Soccer Complex. There's a soccer lattice testing race. That's professional ho- hockey league. They play at the North Charleston Coliseum. Um, there are minor league baseballs, rugby union. Um, there's a flat track roller derby and um, tennis center holds the Volvo Car Open, a major women's tennis association event. So that's nice. And they even have a lot of um, books and films um, set in Charleston. Now, I know the Patriot is, I don't think the Patriot, no, the 1989 film Glory is set um, there, I believe. Yep, it is. Um, the Patriot is set in South Carolina, but and um, but they but they only visit Charleston, like, a couple of times. So that's probably why it's not listed here. But it does, it does have some settings in that town. It's still, it's still, it still takes place mostly in South Carolina. It just... They only touch on that town like a couple of times near the beginning and maybe in the middle of the film, but that's it. So anyway, um, that's, that's basically everything. So yeah. Um, anyway, you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, we're already through four Tales from series. So the next one... I am going to let the people decide what they want to hear. If you guys have any questions or comments or want to let me know which one you want to hear. And if nobody picks, I'll just pick one from the hat, like I usually do when I do some episodes. I'll pick from the hat. Um, I think I, I kind of want, you know, I kind of really want to do New York City, but that's a northeast town, at northeast city, and we're not going to get to the northeast until we finish the south. So, well, anyway... Um, hope you guys enjoyed this. I am your correct, and I am out of.